everybody. Welcome to Sapphic Culture Club, formerly Podcast of a Lady on Fire, where we explore lesbian themes in film, TV, books, music, and anywhere else Sapphic's grown. We are your hosts. I'm Laurel Hachinova. And I'm Audrey Nee. Today, we are talking to not one, but two former guests together for one night only at Sapphic Culture Club. We have Heather Petrocelli. who joined us last season, way back in July 2020, to talk about the gothic themes of Portrait of a Lady of Fire. And then again, Heather came back appropriately in October for our Suspiria watch party, which was about a year ago. Welcome back, Heather. Yeah, I'm so happy to be back. We are happy to have you. And we have another special guest. <laughs> That's right. We have our official owl back <laughs> on the show uh, I'm not sure if you prefer old world lesbian or old wise lesbian, but we are about to find out, I think. Anyway, we have baby Joya Nagoro, who helped us kick off season two with her birthday episode, where we watched Portrait in a freaking theater to celebrate her birthday. Welcome back, baby. Hoot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So do you have a preference between wise or world? Uh, no, either one is good. <laughs> My pronouns are world or wise. <laughs> Owls are so easygoing. It's so nice. So chill. What has everybody been up to since the last time we talked? Okay. Uh, well, I'll go first because, you know, B goes for H, right? <laughs> My soccer team won the summer league. Wasabi Yay! won Woo! the over 35 division. Congrats. That's great. That's great. Congratulations. What was the score? What was the score? Oh, well, we had a round robin and playoff and we won the finals. And I think it was two to nothing. Awesome. Fantastic. What position yeah. do you play? Everywhere. It's just <laughs> <Okay>. informal. <laughs> this Honestly, was you could have said anything. Like you could have said like wide receiver and it would have been like, wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Because um, I'm like, I don't even know. Short the- stop. <laughs> like, I- <laughs> Point guard. Yeah. Like a good owl, you play all the positions. Aww. That's right. That's right. And um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Truthfully, we're just happy to be, you know, back playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. After a long, you know, layoff. So I guess my update is that I think last we spoke, I was maybe just starting writing my dissertation. And I submitted it. It's submitted. And Yay! now. Hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot. hoot. <laughs> Now it's just the wait for the oral examination, which I just learned will be in October. So Oh, oh. oh October, your spiritual birthday. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, so yeah, my actual, it's four days before my actual oh. birthday. Wow. <laughs> and then okay. you can go watch Deep Mama to celebrate. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. It has taken kind of everything of me to do it, so. Well, congrats to both of you. Yeah, really great updates. Thanks. Who wants to give a brief intro about what we are going to be covering today, which is very portrait specific? Well, basically, Heather and I were wondering all through the the pandemic year, which has not ended, sadly, about portrait. We're both obsessed. We're both determined to, you know, find any little thing about it. And then we also noticed, like you said, that there are, you know, people from all over the world who feel the same way. So we think, you know, who are they? Who are we? And we want to know. And, you know, for sure, there has been very few studies that ask us about, you know, what we do, how we feel, our opinions. So... You know, Heather being the 
I don't want to say that the, um, that word uh, being the expert hub, expert at deploying surveys to gather the data, decided, hey, let's do it in 2021. Mm. So here we are. <laughs> I'm so curious about the word that <laughs> like wasn't going to be used, but expert. Oh, right now. <laughs> it's master. It's that hand. Oh, 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 got it. Got yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. As whole, yeah. Uh, <laughs> implication of that word. My experience of it is that portrait kind of took me aback in February of 2020. And then the pandemic came pretty like shortly after I got a bunch of viewings in, in the theater and then it just pandemics like happened. I had to write my like little love letter to portrait. And through that I became friends with baby, but I had to keep my head in my dissertation game. So baby would come with all these like facts and interesting pieces and tidbits about portrait and portrait nation. And I just like it, I was like, at some point, I was really upset that I couldn't just shift mm. and start like studying that because I had like all these, we would kind of come up with all these like hypotheses about things of why people were connecting. And because my dissertation is like completely based on a survey and I've seen the power of a survey and I've seen how people feel heard and seen and what that, like how that matters to them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do this for this, like for our community. I wanted to survey by us, for us, and then to have the data go out to everyone who would want to be able to do anything with it. That's super cool. Yeah. Are there other fandoms that inspired you to take this approach? (laughs) 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 The reason it's funny is because ultimately there's no other fandom that actually, actually I'm lying to you right now. There is actually a fandom. When I was doing my research, so my research is all about horror loving queers. When I was doing my research on horror-loving queers, I had to read a, like a good bazillion things. And one of the books I read was about uh, Lord of the Rings fandom. And it has the largest N number, so it has the largest number of participants for an audience study that's ever been done in audience study, empirical audience studies. Mm-hmm. And that number is 25,000. So I used to like wow. baby and text back and forth. And I'm like, we need to get 25,001 like, <laughs> to take this survey. So this survey is now the number one survey. And then I'll let, I'll let baby speak to this, but then baby introduced me to a different army and that army (laughs) very, very inspirational to me. Yeah, that's right. So when she told me that I was curious in terms of, you know, what other fandom would inspire uh, that kind of response. So then I just started searching and came upon BTS Army Census. And we shared this with Odd earlier and it had, what, 400K responses or something. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it was, I mean, I feel like census is appropriate, right? Because it's like an entire population of people. It's like two and a half times the size of the population of Guam. Yeah. That's great. That's, okay, anyway, yeah. Yeah, and it's only a fraction of the population of Jakarta, so, you know, but... <laughs> and 20% of the responses came from Indonesia. So, I mean, not that I expect, wow. you know, the oh, same, there's the same type yeah. of share of fans portrait in Indonesia, but it's like it just shows like what can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, exactly. It shows what can be done. This is a fandom led study, right? And, the, and of course, academia sometimes kind of poo that kind of thing because the experts are the ones that should be in charge because all of the bias that we built be built into it maybe if they were just doing it on their own squawk squawk with the purity of the data exactly and i know it's one of those things where like 
you know, hopefully everyone listening will take the survey. Please take the survey. And you'll see that we've been very careful to make, you know, questions clear and answerable and unbiased and easy and all those things. But the other thing that the BTS Army has done, which I think is maybe the most inspirational to me beyond just the mind-blowing response rate, is the way that they very beautifully put the data back out for people, for them to understand where they are, who they are, what they are. So was it a website or was it an app that you sent me? It's a website. And I mean, that's also a very important point. It's like you say, Heather, it's bias for us. And part of it is also sharing, sharing the data with, with all of us. And I just think, you know, like at work, uh, whenever we apply for a grant, you know, like a very important step is to state how we're going to share the, the data, share the, the, the results distributed. And so this is also a very important step for us. We want to share with, with all of you, with all of us. Yeah. Like, who are we? Where are we? How old are we? <laughs> like, I mean, every demographic kind of intersectionality that exists, I want to know. I want to know. I think I even said this story on the show last time or maybe two times ago. I remember being in a theater one time when I was seeing it and there was four of us. It was me, my friend, my friend who's a straight woman in her 50s. And then a really young, I call the tour the San Francisco bike messenger dike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And then like a woman who was in her 70s or 80s. And she turned around and schooled us because the younger person was upset that it was an unhappy ending. Like, fuck, that was a beautiful movie, but can't we just get a happy ending? And the older, like the owl turned around and hoot hooted. <laughs> <laughs> so from that experience, Baby and I had a whole conversation and back and forth about that where I was like, oh, I wonder, we were wondering if people who had to have more closeted lives at any point, mm -hmm. have a much more deeper connection. I don't know. The data, yeah. the data will tell us. Whereas the young uns who have had a cush life. <laughs> In contrast. In wow. contrast. The soft babies. Like, wow. <laughs> this is why she's an owl. Can you talk a little bit more about like who can take this? Because who can take this? Because <laughs> if we have listeners who maybe aren't the biggest portrait fans, like is it for them as well? Or is it exclusively for people who are like obsessed with portrait? We might answer that question differently, actually. So let's Ooh. You want to go first. You want me to go first, baby? Go ahead and go first. I am open to anyone who's seen portrait who is not a man taking it. <laughs> and I don't care if you are a rabid portrait person because we are collecting data that ultimately is beyond just the funnel and the focus is on portrait of lady on fire but it has a scope beyond that because visibility matters and after spending four years of my life studying queer theory and queer studies and queer audience research i am so tired of lesbian invisibility that we, we wanted to collect data beyond that so is a very open scope of cis and trans women. And I think of also the trans asterisk community that exists in the greater umbrella of non-binary and agender who have seen it. If you haven't seen it, you can't answer whole yeah. huge <laughs> So, Yeah, for me, it's just when in doubt, fill it out. <laughs> it <laughs> is a different response, <laughs> but not mutually exclusive. Because the doubt part is, I think, like, <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, see, my interpretation of that data is actually that we actually said the same thing in different ways. Mm. So inclusive. There you go. <laughs> oh, except you're right. She didn't exclude all the men. But trust me, 
She did. (laughs) (laughs) Just read between the lines. Nice, yeah. Okay, and then just one last thing on that. It's actually noted in the survey, quote, this survey is intended for cis and trans women and non-binary, genderqueer, or agender people who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, pansexual, asexual, and or queer. So for anyone who needs additional clarification on that. We have had a couple of people write in who are really young, like they're around 15 or three. something. Three, at least three people. <laughs> oh, I was three, three years old. Three. They're three years old. Toddlers writing in. Tiny babies just learn to type. They love portrait. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the survey does have a minimum age requirement of 18. Do you want to know why? I do want to know why. Because in... You're going to get tired of hearing me. Everything, all the lessons I learned from the horror loving queer survey, and when I was doing that, to have actual proper consent to pass ethics, people have to consent to it. And people who are not legally adults can't actually consent. So I had a whole, like, I spent like a month debating this for the horror loving queer survey. And I just kind of got myself into a framework. I'm like, well, this is also a queer survey. So it can be dangerous for people to seek consent from an adult right, when you do right. anything clear. And that's just, that's just the reality of the world. So yeah, that's why. Yeah. Thanks for that explainer. Okay. So before we move on to, you know, what the goals are for the survey and the data, I would love to know how you two met because we know you independently of each other, but here you are as a owl Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> A vowel tron. A vowel? It was a bird watching forum. (laughs) Oh, I wish that was true. (laughs) It was through uh, Heather's essay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, just kind of responded to that saying, thank you so much for really putting into words what I could not because it was just this jumble of things in me. And I really appreciate you putting it out there. I don't know. I'm having this special connection to portrait. And then we just start talking from there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why like us and not, you know, like your other fans, Heather, because they're not owls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I thought a lot about it. I don't know. It's getting too personal and stuff. Like I have never made a friend in my entire life over the internet first. I am not in-person person, but I wrote that essay in March of 2020, which we all know what that was. So there was really no in-person anything. And I did get a number of responses about the um, essay, but there was something about the way our dialogue just kind of carried on. It just, the more we learned about each other, the more I was just interested in what baby does, her life, what else she watches, what she reads. And it was just a very kind of, I feel like I got to have my like live journal experience 30 years later. Yeah. I love that and so I have much. no idea if I just sound so old because I just use like a live journal thing in a sense because I don't even know what it was, <laughs> but I know that I'm really envious of all these queers that have these like connections for years from that, all from a computer. Yeah. I wonder how often Portrait has created online friendships though, because like Audrey and I, that's how we met. We didn't know each other offline and it's through Portrait. Is that in the survey? No, but no. that is an opportunity. If you have had made friends online through Portrait or Portrait Fandom, Portrait Nation, or I, I should say fandom is a really hard word for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, like, yeah. They don't like it because fandom usually means cis het man, white cis het man. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. a lot of fandoms. 
that get organized and have conventions, at least in the horror world. I should like, I don't know, there's probably a good bazillion fandoms and I'm just, I'm like so <laughs> up in horror that horror is like white cishet men who mm. are pretty awful lots of the time. I don't think it's just horror. I feel like in general, white cishet men tend to kind of own that space. Mm. And I feel like there's a lot of sort of competition around that with like, oh, you're a fan. You can't be like a hardcore fan because you yeah. are not me, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So much gatekeeping, mm-hmm. so much gatekeeping. So number one, you don't have to be a portrait fan. Like, and I, I'm noticing when I talk to people about the survey that the word fan is off-putting and the word fan was off-putting to a lot of the horror-loving queers. And by a lot, I mean, when you have 4,100 responses, you have 300 people who say something. To me, that's a lot. For people who have had, we have like, I think it's on the first section, there's an open text box question at the end that's like, have we not asked anything or do you have something else to share? Please share that kind of stuff, that there are friendships. Baby and I spent, when did we first actually like see each other and talk to each other? Not in first, we've never met, obviously, face to face. It's like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm not spying on you. It's Something cool. like that. A few weeks ago. Yeah. So. Oh, it really was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We kept it, we kept it like text. I think it was because I was so, um, it was just, like, I really don't remember whole chunks of last year. I think I was like in a weird state of trauma. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us were. For sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, We kind of just always texted, right? Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I kept feeding you bits and pieces about (laughs) portrait stuff. Leaving a breadcrumb trail. That's right. I mean, it was really. It was very... Well, I think it has to do with the fact that Baby is kind and intelligent and insightful. There was an intelligence to the communication that I responded to. And then I might respond with a fart joke, but I appreciated her (laughs) intelligence. (laughs) So how would you frame what your your hopes are for the survey? You talked about how you're hoping to give the information back to the community, which I think is wonderful. How would you describe your goals like overall for the survey? I think foremost is no more lesbian invisibility. Mm-hmm. That's just like the one thing. Just completely obliterated by the survey. That's right. That's right. We're here. We're invisible. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, and what what is our experience with portrait and why does portrait kind of invoke that response from us overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where data drives decisions in industries and institutions. And my hope, and I've said, I'll keep saying this until you're really tired and you'll have to keep editing it out. <laughs> I want this to be the most successful audience study to date that kind of has, you know, not the fandom. We're not going to beat the BTS army. (laughs) Right. But I do think we can beat Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And and, I might be, I might be completely wrong. I mean, the, the thing is, is I had a really great experience out of the gate with a survey when I went to go talk to, I always knew as a queer person who has always loved horror, I knew there was a special relationship to queer people and horror. So when I put the survey out, my ambitious goal, because I wanted to double the study that had been done on women and horror, my ambitious goal was 220 respondents. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And I got 4,107. And I want portrait to be bigger because why not? I mean, I want I want to be able to make a statement. I want there to be like something that goes out there and is like, yeah, keep making diverse queer stories for us from all over, all kinds of people, all ages, because that's what we are. That's who we are. 
So let's go lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our chant now. That's our let's go lesbians. So that's did you say twenty five thousand? One one right one. Okay. All right. That's the goal in terms of numbers. We should have like a thermometer where we're coloring in. The... Oh my God! Telethon that. <laughs> we, yeah. need t- we need a telethon tel- that. Lesbian yeah. telethon. Maybe we can get like Celine to host it. You know, no big deal. Oh, we can oh, phone my bank. God. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the, uh, the three of you probably agree. Like, film can change mm-hmm. like ha- our society. It can change people. It makes things better and it makes things worse for some for some instances. In this film, like I do feel genuinely like an owl with my like kind of talons and. <laughs> I just have never felt. Remember when I? I think I told you that I felt like I felt like portrait broke me, and I have yep. never been, been broken. I have not mm-hmm. loved it since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm having an increasingly difficult time with just like people who I used to love, like Scorsese. Like, oh. all of a sudden they go back and revisit some movies, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I care? Why was I told he was a genius? Also, why does he hate me so much? Yeah. Like, why am I so flat in his eyes? Yeah. 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 I guess we all just didn't know better, right? We just didn't have this before. I know, but. So our standards were different, but. Yeah, they're different. And it's also one of those things where, what does that mean for the rest of my life when I'm not going to get portrait over and over and over? Mm-hmm. 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 So when you say data drives decisions, what does that mean for what success looks like to you for this survey? Okay. What I mean by data drives decisions is that in academia or in like even in the film industry if this gets put out far enough and wide enough it could literally be used in a meeting to have some black lesbian get funding because of some data points Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. in academia academia's got a lot of problems because it's designed to uphold white cis heteropatriarchal norms i mean that's literally it's designed it was designed for that so in academia, you have a study that comes from three people who all have gone through the higher education system. And, you know, I don't want to say we consider ourselves academics because that's kind of a dirty word to me. I don't know why. <laughs> but we try to do things to the standard that I'm just coming out of a program, but not having it have to have institutional ties. But I want, I want that institution to be able to look at this project and see the value in it and make it easier for future people to study whatever communities they want, whatever marginalized communities they want to study to be able to do so and have a template of how to do it ethically, get the word out there, and then most importantly, in some respects, share the data. So there's no data hoarding. And Baby and I have very different experiences. Baby's trained in the sciences and I'm trained in the humanities. And there's a lot of data hoarding in the humanities. Single use data hoarding is rampant. And Hmm. I think that that is atrocious. Yeah, so my training is in public health, uh, actually, uh, also natural sciences. And I'm used to having, you know, these open source websites, you know, like uh, you have genetic sequences that are just out there for everyone to use because it benefits all of us. So when Heather told me that, I was astounded, like, wait, what do you mean? You just don't, you just, you know, like hoard the data and not let anyone use it. And then also like these surveys that have an end of like a hundred something. And then that becomes a whole basis of theory. Like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. I mean, 
That is 100% true. Not only is my data set, the raw data from my data will be destroyed because it has to ethically be destroyed so no one else can use it. But yes, there are decades of theory based on very, very, very small numbers. So here's the thing for all all the academics out there. I am not trying to tear academia a new a new one. But I learned over the past four years how things get replicated. And I can find a quote that winds up getting quoted and getting quoted and getting quoted. And it kind of morphs a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I have to go find the source of this quote. And then you find the source and it's like, context is wrong. The quote is actually wrong. And the meaning is wrong. And you're just like, oh my God, like what is even happening? And can I trust anything I've ever read ever? Like that's how it works. Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, in the natural sciences, it that doesn't happen. It also happens. You have, you know, a, a study that was done in 1956 and people just quote part of it. And then, like you said, it just gets recoded and recoded and somehow it became the uh, law. And then nobody ever checked the primary source. Yeah. Because it's hard mm-hmm. to go that, that far too. Yeah. But at least in the, you know, like now we have more of the efforts to share data and, you know, have open source everything. Um, we have op- open source journals as well to make sure that, you know, the data are just not behind locked gates. Yeah. I mean, if there's any, you know, developer dykes or designers out there listening, we would let someone, there's three of us kind of working on this behind the scenes uh, just as a passion project, but I don't think any of us are developers. I know I'm not. Do you develop? No, they just developed. <laughs> <laughs> to do the BTS army thing of like getting the data back out in a beautiful, interesting, interactive way is beyond our actual skill set. And that would be like my greatest dream is that there's someone out there who's just like, well, I totally want to take on that little passion project and I'll like get the data out there gorgeously, interestingly, interactively. Mm-hmm. That's my pitch. I think we could <laughs> make that happen, maybe. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely, definitely a thing we can call out for. So we're talking about data driving decisions, right? And there's this Lord of the Rings survey that's had... I mean, I haven't, I don't have the book. I think you do physically, a physical copy of it. Was that just to publish this data for people to have this information? Or do you know if it like actually pushed anything forward? Or changed anything? Just kind of curious, like what that impact was. The impact was in audience studies. There. Actually, there, here, actually, so that's a good story in the sense that that is a group of academics. I think there was 25 to 27 of them around the globe. So it was a very diverse community that came together. They did the survey in many, many, many languages, which is one of you know our shortcomings, uh, my shortcoming. And they did make whole chunks of their data available on a website. But the impact of that stayed mostly within academia, kind of stayed within like the halls of academia. But it was a monumental and not like a, the, the number of respondents they got was pretty impressive. So it did shift in the academy what was possible with empirical audience studies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as the fans, I don't know because interestingly, they don't, that giving back to the fandom part isn't covered as well because they'd have a harder time publishing an academic book had they spent too much time on that, weirdly enough. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. sense. That's a dated book to I me. Mean, the book is over 10 years old. So I don't know, but I imagine that if you are if you were a major Lord of the Rings fan and you took that, you can read that book and understand 
well, this culture's mythology kind of leans into this importance of Lord of the Rings. And then this culture kind of leads into this importance of Lord of the Rings. And I'm sure you get something out of it. People want to know about themselves and people, well, I think people who are living life the proper way want to know about themselves <laughs> and the people around them. <laughs> I believe in curiosity. Yentl taught me that. <laughs> nice. I will never laugh at the mention of Yentl again. No one else will remember this, too. It was such a trauma moment for me. But you said, don't laugh. And then. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> oh, great. That's good. Yeah. I don't even know if Heather remembers that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember even talking to you. <laughs> oh god don't forget it chunks of last worse. year are, are missing from yeah yes chunks of last lots of ch- i'm actually Perfect. because i'm preparing for my defense i am reading my dissertation after like putting it like i turned it in two months ago so i just started reading it yesterday and i'm like it was a good experience because i'm like good job heather no memory writing <laughs> if there's any poor living queers out there i put a lot of work into trying to do all of the detailed, like going into the primary sources to figure out like quotes and trying to engage in the community. And I'm proud of so far. I mean, I've only read two chapters, but I'm proud of it so far. But yeah, don't laugh at Yentl. <laughs> <laughs> not laughing at Yentl? Have you, have you all seen Yentl? I have no, not. Bad gay. Okay. Sorry. Number one. <laughs> it shows you the roots of misogyny in Hollywood just because this was a debut film that is like, Barbara Streisand hit that shit out of the park and like just was didn't get any kind of accolades for it because, you know, why would you give it to Barbara Streisand who doesn't, yeah, Babs doesn't need the accolades, but like I don't fucking love it so much. It is like part of who I am. And yeah, I think I told you like when my partner saw you until for the first time, she was like, oh my God, I actually understand you so much better now. Wow. <laughs> so, Yentl. I want everyone to think of what film they could share with someone and oh. their partner and their or, or whomever, the friend. And after seeing it, they would like understand you better. <laughs> I mean, not like literally, you don't have to do that right now, but I think it's a good question. To oh, ask. what what film will, will I don't do I don't know. Then? Like, a, no, I don't know exactly. <laughs> is, there, is there one that all four of us maybe could use <laughs> where we all wow. met each other over this film? Yes, that's right. Lord of the Rings. Correct. <laughs> Definitely Lord of the Rings. It's not Lord of the Rings. And, you know, I, I remember when I first listened to y'all podcast. Our Lord of the Rings podcast? No, yeah, exactly. Lord of the Rings podcast. No, this like, I was so excited to find a podcast about portrait. And I remember we were getting takeout. Wow. Yeah, we were getting takeout on Grand. When you discovered the podcast, a podcast of a lady out here? <laughs> yeah. How? Yep, yep. how like how <laughs> like what were you like scrolling through like apple podcasts while you were getting takeout and then okay you, you know remember what? i don't even remember no <laughs> like yeah how? but i found you anyway i don't remember how we told anyone that there was a podcast for portrait of a lady on fire honestly i think we just started an instagram account and then you know word got around yeah for all the people who answered that they weren't scrolling around for portrait content they're all liars no, it's definitely. That's what hashtags that's are for. Yeah, that is. yeah that's, it is. And it's one of those things where I don't remember anything. So I, I know I've listened to your <laughs> podcast. I know that I, I know I appreciated. So I remember at one point wanting to hear, I think this is still back in March. When did you start? April. April, yeah. And April. Maybe March and April or really early on. And I remember wanting to hear more. I wanted to hear Celine talk more about the film. And please, I hope she puts out a book one day. 
just hear her thoughts on cinema itself mm-hmm. as an art form. And actually, maybe you probably taught me about this podcast. Actually, let's be real about it. I think you probably well, taught me. We also reached out to you, I think, pretty early on because you were at the top of because of the essay that you wrote. You were at the top of our list for um, people that we wanted to talk to. Heather actually reached out to us first. Oh, really? It was a weird coincidence because you reached out in the midst of Laurel and I talking about wanting to talk to you. (laughs) And then your message was something like, oh, I was actually going to start this podcast you had thought of like podcast of believing on oh, fire oh my god totally i was in a movie theater one time with these straight people and they said something and i gave them like a whole thing and this one woman turned to me and she's like you really should have a podcast i'm like something like podcast of a lady on fire because yeah you know, right then <laughs> but of course i wasn't going to do anything with it but i totally like talked to my friends like should we do this and then it was just like i was trying to write a dissertation so it wasn't going to happen but i do appreciate what you did for the film for so long and like I just know from talking to people the impact like this film has helped carry some people through a pandemic and then the pandemic is not over get your fucking vax if you can and wear some masks but um it's been a really important thing and the community created around it is that importance and you are an important part of that and as the white person I was so happy to have a non white perspective on the film mm. and I had so many questions and I couldn't ask because I couldn't ask because you're listening and it's not interactive <laughs> so. well thank you yeah thank you going back to the survey I did have a couple of questions I feel like there are some very specific asks that we could put out to the community we've kind of breezed over them but let's clarify a little just so so everyone hears them and hopefully responds but developer was one of them eventually (laughs) Eventually. designer with a skew towards it sounds like data visualization Mm -hmm. we talked about languages a bit is there more that you want to say on that yeah so unfortunately we uh the survey is only in english we don't have the capacity to get it translated like the i'm sure the bts survey was but i mean we can like actually verbalize our request to the portrait nation you know, especially when I heard your your last episode, you had a question from Indonesia, and I was all you know excited about that. So I prepared like a request in three languages, and then I think wow. Heather, you're gonna do Spanish, right? No, and Korean? No, come <laughs> on. Could you maybe just quickly learn Korean? Yeah. Yeah, come on. I you know yeah. Anyway, so first is in my my native language, which which is Bahasa Indonesia. So here goes. Kami ingin mengumpulkan pendapat dan pengalaman fans dari film Portrait. Mengapa Anda sangat mengagumi film ini? Jadi mohonlah jawab survei supaya kami mengerti ciri-ciri fans dan pengagum uh, film ini dari Indonesia dan Malaysia juga boleh. So that's you know, yeah, what she in said. Indonesia. Great, yes. Yeah. Exactly my thoughts yeah. as well. Same, same. And then auf Deutsch, uh, wir möchten von Bewunderern des Films hören. Warum und wie wird es sich auf euch aus? Bitte nehmen Sie an unserer Umfrage teil. So this sermon. And then I'm going to try French. But, you know, Laurel, I don't wow. know if you want to okay. join me. No, I think it's the more mouth there. No, merci. I'll say that you will souvenirs that the film was a very sentiment. Répondez à notre sondage. All right. So there you go. That's great. Short and sweet. Amazing. And I, what I will say in English is that <laughs> it is a shortcoming of the survey to not be able to offer it 
and there are a lot of open text box on the survey. And if there's anyone out there who can kind of take the, you know, every single question is optional. Of course, we would like you to fill out more than not fill out. But if you don't want to do the typing in the open text box, don't just skip it. That's my easiest message of trying to be like the data points of the, you know, kind of click button. How, how do you even say that? The like the radio button, uh -huh. like <laughs> those data points are important in and of themselves. And the open text box really exist in a sense. They look kind of intimidating because they're like long and they have like, you know, maybe an inch of mm -hmm. width or no, they're probably like six inches wide and an inch deep and they look all, but that's because some people do want to write many, 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 many paragraphs. And some people want to write a sentence and some people want to write nothing. And that's all of those are okay. If someone wanted to answer in their native language, would that be all right? That's what Google translates for. Yes. If they're comfortable with it being translated through Google. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never tested. I mean, I've tested it when I was like doing research where I'd find something in a different language. I tried and be like, I'm pretty sure that is not what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's gotten better, a little bit better. Has it? For so, certain, I think for certain languages. Or yeah. short, yeah. short phrases. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me, it's literally like, Google Translate exists. So I would be happy for people to do that, but I, d I just don't know. If... And this is part of the reason we're here is also to just kind of get the word out. We unfortunately don't have any direct connection to, for example, the South Korean Portrait Nation. Mm -hmm. So we'd love for you, if you're hearing this, if you have the connection, please, 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 you know, alert, hit that red button, alert, 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 <laughs> lesbians. Take the survey, please. <laughs> it's like a bat signal for yeah. South for, Korean lesbians. South Korean lesbians, yeah. <laughs> it's an owl signal. But it's true, actually. I mean, I had to answer at one point, like, you know, when you jump in academic hoops, I had to answer in a kind of mini oral examination how I was able to do, get the number of responses I received. And I was like, ah, I just put it out there and people kept sharing it. And I can't track that. I didn't yeah. put anything into place to be able to track it. There were no unique codes or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping for the exact same thing. I'm hoping for people to feel that connection to a film and just share it, share it, share it. And take it sooner than later because if you put it off, you're probably not going to do it. And mm -hmm, that's just like mm -hmm. something I learned in stat. Like, it's just like, if you're going to put it off, you're probably not going to do it. So just, just, just do it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. At least I think it's fun. I can't. Right. And, and the important point is, like you said, Heather, it's all like, we don't track it. So we don't know who you, we don't want to know who you are in terms of, you know, like pinpointing it to a certain individual because we want you to be as honest as you can be with us and with, with all of us and also preserving that confidentiality if you need to, you know, just. Yeah, no, that's an incredibly important point in multiple ways. When the data goes back out there, it is all of the aggregate data because that's how the data gets compiled. It compiles so there's no individual. Anyone who writes in words, they get a unique ID tag. So you can see that this code is the person who answered this, this, and this, and this, and all of these questions, but you can't pinpoint it back to any other answer. Does that make sense? So I couldn't look for an owl who lives in the U.S. <laughs> who maybe didn't grow up in the U.S. who's between blankety blank age and blankety blank age. So I could never do that. And because anonymity and safety matter, we chose a platform. I chose the exact same platform uh, I did for the Queer Horror Survey because 
online surveys is a, it kind of was an academic platform in the UK, but they have to legally adhere to GDPR, the um, General Data Protection Regulation, which is the most stringent data protection in the world at this point. So everything, there's no cookies, everything is anonymized, there's no saving any personal anything, there's no IP address, like everything is as secure as we could make it for a survey without being government or some creepy something something. Awesome. Yeah. Before we move on, well, two things, actually. How long are you going to have the survey running or is it just going to be ongoing and new data will come in? No, as it, okay. To coincide with the drop of this episode, the survey hard launches on the 17th. Okay, so great. whenever you're listening, take it today, take it whenever you hear this. The survey will be live until December 13th. Might we recommend that it's a fun weekend thing that you could do if you're listening to this Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? We'll mention this probably several times, but we'll include a link to the survey in our mm-hmm. show notes. We'll also make it easy for people, for you to share the survey out. Like, hopefully everyone will just get it going viral on social media. And then maybe I would recommend, you know, as you're listening to this, like, take it right after. Maybe we can include, like, a 20-minute Enya song or something. Oh, to nice. Kind of, yeah. Like, something, like, relaxing <laughs> <laughs> on loop that you can listen to as you're taking the survey. But related to that, to get warmed up for the survey, is there anything that people should start thinking about, like, as they're listening to this episode? Yeah, so I, I would say that, you know, rewatching Portrait is optional. You don't have to. But, you know, of course, that's going to help in terms of refreshing your memory of maybe your favorite scene, your favorite character, maybe out of four. Uh, we're not we're not counting the boatman. <laughs> Damn it. Or the mansplainer. Or the classroom. And the, the students. Or, yeah, oh, sorry. Colette. Sorry. They're just, yeah. Sorry, Colette. Is that their name? No, nobody has it. We've given her that name. No. Okay. All right. And also, we do actually have a question about your top five lesbian slash queer film. So maybe you can kind of think back about, you know, what you, what you like, or also I think Otto Straddle has that nice list of 200 best lesbian slash queer film you can peruse. And, you know, I do that. And then my, the end result is I have like things I put on my list to watch, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. which is great, which is great. Although not so great is, you know, a lot of them don't, you know, you can't access. So anyway, yep. but those are just kind of the general thing. What about you, Heather? What was the question? <laughs> my mind completely wandered because I was like, oh, my favorite films. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Heather, come back. Come back. Well, Baby just said something about the like list and how you can't access them. And right now I'm in the middle of the project where I asked that exact same question on the Horrible Living Queer Survey. And I have over 1,500 responses. And I am watching every single one of those films. So I blew my mind. But yeah. Set up. So I'm like, this could be the most amazing list. And I do want to commit to watching every single one of them Ooh. that gets Mm-hmm. Good project, yeah. Well, I can guarantee that you are not going to get 1,500 lesbian films. Well, this is probably a truth because there probably have not been 1,500 mm-hmm. lesbian films. Exactly. But I do think it'd be a really interesting list. And I think it's always like, because culturally the U.S. has always been so imperialistic, it's or is so culturally imperialistic, I always wonder if all those films I never it's like they don't come to us so you have to do so much work to Mm -hmm. find them and it's like well how do I so I'm really 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 curious of these films and I'm also curious of how people define what Mm -hmm. a 
lesbian slash bi slash queer film even is to them because to do this thing you have to kind of test all that you have to test at different stages so you ask people to read through it and give feedback and then someone was like well can i put oh, i can't remember the film but i was like oh that's really interesting I went, oh it's rocky horror and i was like i am not there's no huh. gatekeeping here mm-hmm. i am not going to gatekeep anything we did write lesbian queer bi i guess so that definitely is a queer film yeah yeah Right. So yeah, no gatekeeping. So is there anything else you want people to start thinking about in preparation for this? I think babysitting. It's like you choose to revisit Portrait or you don't. You think about, you know, I think we had a, like a little internal debate of like, if you like a character the best, is that the character you also identify with the most? Mm. Is that one mm-hmm. question? Is that mm-hmm. one question? And so we we had a talk about that. So Maybe you have a favorite character, but that's not the character you identify with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, a little sneak peek of what the survey is going to look like. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I'm like trying to think through things. It's like, I think the ones that would trip me up as a person taking it is character, favorite films, because like any favorite anything, of course, that's like oral history work. It's like, that is a particular answer at a particular time. Of course, those are like, there's malleability and this is just like what you wrote down at that moment when you were writing down your five favorite lesbian films. But it still would totally trip me up because I'd be like, I wonder my five. I mean, I know one answer. I know one. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> it is one of those things that people are like, well, I don't need to put portrait, right? Because this whole thing is about portrait. I'm like, if portrait is one of your favorite films, put portrait. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. That's good to call out because I think I would ask that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost put it aside, but I thought, Technically, that might be too leading. Oh, man, that is tricky. Yeah. What else is there, baby? Like, I'm totally blanking. I don't know. I just think about how Portrait has inspired you. Like, what all has, how it has really touched you. What it's made you do things differently or you think. Yeah. For example, some of the questions come out of lived experience, right? So I think the four of us collectively all have done a new endeavor because of Portrait, right? Whereas for me, my wife was like, well, I haven't done something new, but portrait changed something that I was already doing, Mm. which is painting. And she had incorporated more painting, um, more portrait stuff into painting. So I think it's about thinking about behaviors and how a film actually changes what you do, how it builds a sense of community or doesn't. Do you feel connected to Portrait Nation? Do you not? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't ask actually what Portrait Nation means to a person, but what does Portrait Nation mean to a person? I hope that through the data, we can get more of an understanding of that. Because I imagine what it is, is a really important, connected and disparate simultaneously sense of community. What about you two? You two looked at the survey. What would be your like take to tell people about it? I don't want to spoil it for anyone because you know, it's an adventure. <laughs> it definitely took me back to this, even though I'm like deeply in the portrait verse, portrait nation, something about the last few months has disconnected me a little bit. I don't know. I, I haven't watched it, I think, since baby or birthday. And so taking the survey definitely like took me back to a certain place emotionally. I think you've given plenty, right? Like thinking about what are my top five lesbian films like you, I would feel like I'd have to sit down for like a half hour to really like flesh that out. And then I would spend half an hour thinking about whether San Junipero counts as a film. Exactly. Exactly. I think the answer is no. (laughs) I will say say this again. 
No gatekeeping. If okay. that's what you want to put, <laughs> put it down. No, I, I mean yeah, that super yeah. earthly because we have been rendered invisible. If, if some of the best representation that you feel connected to came from a different medium, mm-hmm. there are ontological differences between film and television. Mm-hmm. There's a connectedness that is still the same and Put it by all means. Cool. If it's a eight for TV, TV lesbian thing, I've never heard of. Put it because I want to watch it. <laughs> all right, I'm writing Babe Pig in the City. You said no gatekeeping. Do not do Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> no gatekeeping except for that film. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I can't even. I, I just I'm like Laura. Have you seen Babe Pig in the City? <laughs> No. I I don't think even my my boys would watch it. I think they would be really scared. What is happening? What? I, I know. <laughs> now I have to watch it. Kind of like what's going on? Well, it's a horror movie, apparently. Have you watched Babe? Yeah, like when it came out. I've seen the first yeah. Babe, which was not a horror movie. No, correct. This is a very charming. I don't usually like talking animals, but Babe charmed the hell yeah, out of yeah. me. Babe, That'll do. Big in the city. Yeah. No. Total different animal, pun intended. Literally, metaphorically. Yes. Mm. And yes, it counts as a horror film. Oh my gosh, what the? <laughs> it, it does. I will just say, if you want, this is like a weird plug for my other project, but like on Instagram, at Queer for Fear, I am doing that project where I'm watching every single horror film that was listed as a favorite horror film. And there's literally no gatekeeping. If someone's with it, I am going to watch it. Do I raise an eyebrow sometimes to the choice? I do, for multiple reasons. When I came to pay- Babe Pig in the City, <laughs> I thought, this person's just being a fucker. Like, why? Come on. Like, you know, just why? Mm-hmm. And then you can, I can see the other choices. So I could go in and I was like, oh, wait a second. The other choices are Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Psycho, and something else. I can't remember. And I was like, okay, so this person's not being a fucker. Or wow. they just gave me one kind of like, funny answer. I watched Babe Pig in the City because I am a very dedicated researcher. <laughs> that movie freaked me out. What? <laughs> what? Baby described it as a nightmare state, and that's literally what it is. Like, I, my partner and I kept turning to each other, and I kept being like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like, am I just <laughs> not? Like, what is happening? Did we take something? Like, what is going on? Thank you for educating us on this horrible trauma. On Babe Pig in the City. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the survey. I feel like we've built up this anticipation. Tell us how people can actually take it, other than like clicking on the link. Is there anything else people should do? You know, like make sure they have access to liquids, snacks. (laughs) Oh, also maybe like how long you think it'll take. Yeah, so I think Heather did put like in the beginning that it was supposed to take 15 to 20 minutes, but I feel like that's kind of like online recipes, you know, it says, you know, in in like 30 minutes, you have this wonderful meal and then there you are one one hour into it. (laughs) I mean, not, not to not to scare anyone, but. It depends, of course, on how extensively or at all you will put it in the text box. Yeah. Uh, any answers in the text boxes. It's up to you. It takes as long as you want to put into it. And, of course, with anything online, you would just want to make sure that your connection is fine. And if you really want to, um, in Indonesian, we call it curhat, you know, curahan hati. So it's like you, you like pour your heart out. Yeah, get comfortable. You know, stay hydrated, get your bread and cheese, <laughs> some wine maybe. 
and answer to your heart's content. So I cry easily, but I cried many, many times reading through the horror loving queer oh. survey responses. Mm. There's so many people who just don't get to say their piece to whomever, and it's important to be heard. And I'm just like, I'll keep saying it visibility is incredibly important. And I tested the survey 15 different times based on different kinds of responses. The shortest it ever took was someone who almost answered no open text box. And that was about eight minutes. And the longest was about 45 minutes. And that was someone who had things to say. Yeah. And to reiterate, like, honestly, if you are a person who's like, I just don't want to deal with that open text box, please just answer the questions and move on. The only thing I will say is that this is by the design of online surveys and not because of us. If you check other on any of the options, and there's the other box of multiple questions, numerous questions. Mm -hmm. If you select other, it will give you a box and you do have to type something in there because the point is, well, well we want to learn. Like I learned from the horror loving queer survey and I incorporated when people wrote other, if a whole bunch of people wrote this one thing in, I'm like, oh, well, I need to add that to this survey. So that option is there for these people. So for this population, this community. Cool. Great. And then is it better for people to take this on their, their computers? Is it okay on mobile? Like any requirements there? There's no, you can take it either way. I okay. am a computer person through and through. I watch Omni do things on her phone constantly. And I'm like, <laughs> how are you doing this on a phone? <laughs> either like desktop, laptop, computer, what else? Are there other things you can do? Or phone, phone, iPad, tablet, psychically. But yeah, as an owl, <laughs> I, I recommend the use of a computer. That way you can really see what's going on and have plenty of real estate to actually type your responses. But I guarantee you on me would do it on our phone. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's, I, I mean, there's not like a big age difference between us, but it's enough of a difference from like, girl, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it worth my computer. Yeah. Okay. So whatever your preference is, take it there. Yes. There's two ways you can also reach out. People can reach out with questions, comments. What else will people re be reaching out for? We don't want any hate mail, so don't do that. <laughs> no. We have a Gmail account, which is just portrait survey at gmail.com. And then we have an Instagram account which is portrait of a serving fire. <laughs> I saw one word, no space, no underscore. That's also a way to get in touch with us. And also a way for us to share. Once, once this gets going, we also want to share, you know, like what's the interest has been like. Uh, we can share maybe like, you know, overall uh, count and say, come on, come on, let's go lesbians. <laughs> let's get a thousand more. <laughs> And the link to the survey will be in your bio on the Instagram account once it's launched and also in the show notes for this. And we will obviously post about it. Please repost our post or their post. <laughs> post all the posts. Let's get the word post out. Post all the posts. Please spread that word out everywhere. <laughs> I, you know, it's like one of those things where sometimes in academia, you don't know when you're reading something if it's true, right? There's lots of literature that says that the people online are white cisgendered people. And I like, well, is that true? Maybe it is. Maybe that's because it's about class and access. And maybe that's who they ask on these surveys to find out that that's only white cisgendered people. I am desperate for this to get as far and wide into anyone who can read an English survey to take it because I feel deeply in my soul with not one shred of evidence that this is a very diverse group of humans that this film deeply resonates with. Mm -hmm. 
I could be wrong. Let's find out. Let's find out. Okay. Is there anything we didn't cover? Is there anything you all want to talk about before we close out? Want to talk about Babe some more? Dude, what can they pick in the city? I just, I've seen 50 movies right now and the city is going to go on forever. But like that is the one. That's the one out of 50 films from like, what the fuck was even happening? How did this get greenlit? Like what? Like what year? I don't remember what year it came out, but I'm like all those children that grew up on that. No wonder like fucking the Gen Z is so fucked up. It is a twisted fucked up because all of like I'm Gen X and all of our films were dark and fucked up too. But there was like a charm that was completely missing. Come on, baby. Like, did you did you watch like Dark Crystal or Labyrinth or any of that shit growing up? I grew up in Indonesia and we didn't get that shit. Come on. Do you mean they didn't give you like David Bowie in that outfit in Indonesia? <laughs> Surprise. I feel like that fucks you up in a good way. Totally. I mean, of course, this is like a generational thing where I'm like, well, of course, we're great. <laughs> Bay pig of the city generation fucked out. I mean, his weird obsession with Jennifer Connelly's character was a little weird. Well, uh, yes, our stuff was yes. I mean, that's the thing about portrait, right? I like go back and I watch almost anything these days, and I'm like, okay, so <laughs> nothing was made for me ever, 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 and, ever, yeah, ever, and yeah. it's a hard thing to still reckon with, and I'm trying to figure out how to. I've never been, especially like when there's a pandemic, because I thought, well, maybe what I need to do is become one of those humans that just travels for film festivals because those are the films that don't get the wide release. Mm. And maybe that's when I'll feel like I'm in love with cinema again. Because if I lose this love, I just I, like, uh... I'm already like embittered with my little Al Talons now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Heather, you know what, what Jamie said? She said, and this reference is also L word, didn't you? The uh, not this last episode, episode before where Bette Porter found spoilers, you know the artist. In... <laughs> Sorry, hoot, hoot. Anyway, Bette Porter had a experience with a piece of art where she was just <laughs> no, like, did she? <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. That's never happened on the L word. Exactly. No, but Jamie, like her frame of reference, is like, oh yeah, that's like you and portrait. Yeah. You know, like, oh. <laughs> You couldn't speak. I feel uncomfortable by this comparison, but yes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. But, you You're know. watching a person deeply resonate with art in a piece of trash show, and that's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not trash. But, you know, like, Selena has no, she's not a snob. No. Like, she will also, yeah, she will say, oh, that's great. You know, like to show that. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch it when, I, like, whenever I can get it for free, <laughs> and I will judge it. I mean, I want, I want the thing. I won't watch anything, but I probably will like roll my eyes the entire time. You will, I yeah. promise. You will spring <laughs> your club. eyes in the rolling. But it's great, still. I mean, if you know, if you like that kind of pain. I like, I like representation in any sense because what we don't have it, so I yeah. will eat any of it hungrily, even though I won't pay for it. <laughs> so I'm not going to be paying for Showtime. I'm waiting until I can get a DVD. Yeah. So oh, totally. catch me in a year. <laughs> Speaking of media. Nice. Uh, good segue. Do you all have any recs? Like, what are you watching that you would recommend or reading or whatever, consuming in any form, absorbing through your flesh? What do you have that you would recommend <laughs> to our listeners? So for film, I recommend this documentary about the WNBA's 20 mm. season in the bubble, they call it the Wubble. <laughs> it's called 144. 
because it's, you know, 12 players of 12 teams. And uh, just because it's just, you know, it's about a league that has a lot of openly lesbian and queer people and the first trans player, really, Leisha Clarendon, who I remember going to see to Cal to watch them play. And um, also a book that I enjoyed that's a little bit on a lighter side. It's called Hench by Natalie Zena Walshots. And it's a like superhero, supervillain universe. Ooh. And then the main character started as a hench person. Oh, cool. Who basically, yeah, does the logistics, you know, like whatever. But then she, she rises through the ranks of villainy because she threw her Excel and data <laughs> science skills so topical yeah well it, that's <laughs> how it connects to me it's like oh yeah i understand how you know she looks at it because she calculates the harm um, that superheroes do on people and property in their rescue missions so like okay so who's really good and who's really evil when you know superheroes have to come in and swoop in and you know destroy wow. everything to rescue whatever the mayor or whatever Anyway, that's just a fun kind of exploration of that. So, and of course, watching the L Word Gen Q with your friends and making fun <laughs> of it, you know, together. I think that's, that's fun. It's a fun social thing. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. We will include links to that in the show notes. We can just leave it at that because <laughs> I just consume horror films and <laughs> books related to my dissertation. So that's not exciting <laughs> like, my, like my queerest content i'm consuming is there's this really young brazilian lesbian who will dm me on instagram it's like getting a brazilian lesbian's take on first the olympics and then the paralympics and it's kind of my favorite feed ever that's great this, is, I mean, this, this counts as sapphic and yep. media so <laughs> Even yeah. though no one else can access it, it still counts. It's great. It does, yeah. And I watch all of it in Portuguese. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying, but it's amazing. <laughs> Look at the spikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Heather and Baby, for talking to us about your survey. We'll definitely be promoting it and sharing a lot about it. Just so everyone hears it one more time, where can people find you online? And also you individually. Orchard of the Survey on Fire on Instagram. And for direct email, please use portraitsurvey at gmail.com. Great. You don't want to shill your IG, Heather? I mean, I feel like I shilled it the entire talk. Because <laughs> 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 it's one of those things, like, like, that's literally my world right now. Yes, please, if you like horror and you want to experience this slow torture of watching over 1,500 horror films <laughs> that are, you know, or loving queers favorite horror films please follow at queer for fear on instagram wonderful yeah we are big fans of your account so Mm -hmm. highly recommend it and now it's time for this week's gsmr which we will have heather introduce so i just told you that ami would do her survey on (laughs) her phone so now you're going to know that maybe I staged this. <laughs> Mummy does type on her computer sometimes. And when she's typing on her computer, I find the sound of it incredibly soothing. And I don't know why, because when I'm typing, it does not feel soothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I recorded, I set up the survey and uh, she actually could not officially take it because she's involved with it right now. But 
I said, please answer a few of these questions so I can record you. And that's what I did. And that's what these sounds are. Thank you. But before we actually get to the KSMR, do you have any questions for the next show or your own KSMR sounds? Let us know. You can email us at sapphiccultureclub at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at sapphiccultureclub and Twitter at sapphicpodcast. This is Omni Pascal taking the survey for Portugalay on fire.